morning, everyone. Hope you're well. Hope your week has been good. That's just reminded me. My phone's just gone off, so let me put, take it off sound. Hope your week has been good. As Ozzy said, last week we were at Refresh. Well, not physically at Refresh. Refresh from our homes. And um, even the week before, actually, we had Pastor Joe with us. And then this weekend, we have um, had our wow weekend. So we've really um, been fed for the last few weeks. I had an awesome time at Refresh last week. Um, the word was just awesome. Gifts of the Spirit just being activated over the church, over us as individuals was awesome. Pastor Joe coming and helping us to, um, you know, to encourage us to live by faith through Jesus, you know feeding us there again and yesterday and friday we had our wow weekend which is women of the watch um some of us women were there and the theme was remnant awaken and again we were well fed you know and with all this it's just the the word has encouraged us the word has um inspired us and it's just reminded me about the plans that god has for my life and for the church as well and in helping me to see where God wants me to be and what he wants me to be seeking and to see that things will happen in his timing. And with that, that brings me to what I'm going to be sharing today, which is God's perfect timing. You know, at some point, <laughs> at some point in our lives, we've all, we've all been um, there with God's perfect timing, you know, waiting to see things happen in our lives. Sometimes it goes beyond the time that, we had but it's just looking to him and being patient for what he wants to do in our lives in um psalms 46 verse 10 the word before i go into it let me just um open up in prayer thank you father lord father lord we just want to thank you for today we thank you father god for the word that's going to come through me. We thank you, Father God, for what you've placed on my heart to share your perfect timing. Father Lord, I just pray, oh Lord, that your anointing will flow. Father God, your peace will be upon me, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father God, that as the word comes, it will fall in good soil in our hearts, Father God. It will enrich us spiritually, oh God. It will draw us closer to you, Father God, and cause us, Father God, to serve you faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I was saying, um, today we're going to be talking about God's perfect timing. And I started going into the word um, Psalms 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. For God's perfect timing to take place, we really do need to be still and know that he is God. Because with the chaos around us, we will fall apart. We will fall victim to feeling fearful, to being overwhelmed. So we really need to be still and know that he is God and the plans that he has for us and the things that we're looking to him for will happen in his perfect timing. In all things, timing in it is everything and we need to make sure we're doing it in his timing and doing things in the right time brings about the right success 
when, when we do things within the time we've been allocated, it allows us to function peacefully. Peace flows. Things happen, you know. Things that we've been speaking to the Lord about. Things that um, he's promised us. Things that we want him to do for us. They all have timings. But we have to wait at times for that to come through. When we try and do things, force God's hand, try and do things in our own ways, there are consequences that occur. It doesn't quite go the way we would like it to. Sometimes, actually, we think it's gone in the way we want it to go. But then later on down the line, we realize, no, really, it hasn't gone in the way God had ordained it to happen. God has his perfect time for our ministries, when things are supposed to happen in our ministry, when we're supposed to get married, when we're going to have children, the vision that he's placed in our hearts, when it's going to take place, the business that we want to um, see increased or we want to see it start, when that timing is, God's perfect timing is there. For our health, for us to be healed, God's perfect timing is there. For our finances, for us to obtain more finances, that job that we want, that we've got our eye on, God has the perfect time for us. Sometimes we'll go for job in interviews and it doesn't quite work out. It's fine because God's perfect timing is there. There are times um, when I used to um, travel by bus or train before, if I missed a bus or a train, because obviously I needed to be at a destination, whether it's work or wherever, by a certain time, I'll be like, oh, for goodness sake, I've missed that. And, you know, you feel really gutted by the whole thing. But now, when, if I miss a bus or a train or things don't go well, I'm like, it's okay, Lord. I'm going to look to your perfect timing. When I'm at school, um, because I'm one of the TAs and we have, um, we cover lessons as well. So if the teacher's not there, we are the substitute teachers. And there are times you know the different classes and you know the behavioral classes. And there are times when you see the class, you're like, oh, for goodness sake, why do I have to be in that class? Why do I have to go and cover that class? Because you know the students that are going to be in those classes. You know, I'm sure if Eden and um, Julien and Eden, they're hearing me, they, they, they know exactly what I'm talking about because well, I'm in the same school as them. But when that happens, I see a class that I'm thinking, oh, I'd rather not be. And I say, Lord, you know what? It's fine. I know that you have a reason for me to be in that class. Um, you, there's a reason why you want me to be in that class. And there are times when I go into, those, when I go into the class and I end, up, I end up ministering to somebody. And I'm thinking, okay, then, Lord, or something happens. I'm like, okay, then, Lord, this is why. So when things don't go the way I have planned it, I'm like, you know what, Lord? It's fine. I'm looking to you and I'm looking to what your perfect timing is going to bring. Nothing compares to his timing. And we need to understand that. We really need to understand that and not be looking to our own ways. Because Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. Because when we don't lean to our own understanding, then we can understand that. You know what? This plan that I have, this vision that I want to come to pass, this job that I want, the things that I'm looking to him for 
Because I'm because I'm not leaning on my own understanding, I'm acknowledging his ways for his him to direct my paths, they will happen in his time. And then you feel at peace. You can sit back and feel at peace, knowing that his timing is the best. I want us to go to look at Ecclesiastics 3, because in, in Ecclesiastics 3, we see God's perfect timing. He tells us that there's a time for different things to happen. So Ecclesiastics, Ecclesiastics 3, it's a bit of a mouthful. I'm going to start reading from um, verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time, to, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. God has truly made everything beautiful in his time. The assignments that he has given us, they have a timing, each of them, for things to be executed. When we go to work or school, there's a time frame involved because we have a time to be there and we have a time to leave. If we're cooking or baking something, there's a time span for this thing to happen. Otherwise, the food will either be undercooked or overcooked. The Lord has made everything beautiful in its time. When we partner with the Holy Spirit, we see how we can allow ourselves to be led by God, how we can allow things to happen for God's plan to come into play. When, things are, when, when we do things too early, we see the consequences. When, when things are done too late, we see the consequences similarly. So as we partner with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us to do things God's ways and in his timing. Allowing God's hand to move in everything that we do so that that timing can take place. We can be so that we can be obedient to his blueprint be patient in prayers. I've had to learn to be patient so many times. You've heard my story about when we were moving from Dartford, when we lived in Dartford and we were moving here. You know, um, it was a two-bedroom flat. Our family was growing. I was absolutely desperate to move. God spoke his word to me. Okay, fine, Lord, you've spoken to me. And then after that, it was a good few years before we moved. But I had to learn to be patient. You know, it's um, even now I'm learning to be patient. It's a, 
it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. You know, my children will tell you that, oh, mommy, you're not always very patient. Because when I say something, I want it done now. You would think I went to military school when I didn't actually go to any military school. But it's just the impatience that comes up in me. You know, so I'm learning to be patient. We see God's perfect timing in the story of Joseph. You know, in Genesis 37, we see that Joseph shares his dreams with his brothers and they weren't very um, happy to hear the dream. They, and um, they didn't like what they heard because in Genesis 37, the dream that Joseph shared with his brothers was that this is what Joseph's dream was. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. He was 17 years old at the time when he gave this dream to them, when he had this dream and he shared it with his brothers. That was at 17. At 30 years old, he came to the fulfillment of his dream. Now that's a good 13 years that it took. There are times when God's plans unveil, it unfolds before us. And we sometimes think that, oh, yeah, that, that's going to happen, you know, um, soon or soonish. A year goes past. Okay, when's this happening? Two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years. Lord, then you start to, frustration, sometimes start to build in. But in Joseph's story, he went through quite a few experiences. And in the whole time, he was going through the, these experiences. He was looking to God. He was walking with God. He was looking to God. And every step of the way, God was um, favoring him. Joseph was not looking to the challenges that he faced. And I'm just going to go through some of those challenges that he went through. Some of the challenges that Joseph went through was that he was um, sold as a slave by his brothers. Can you imagine your siblings selling you off as a slave? That's just levels, absolute levels. Now, if that happened to me, I would be so discouraged looking to the actual issue that I was sold as a slave, as opposed to looking to God and how God was going to take me out of this. He was sold as a slave by his brothers. He was accused of rape by the person who um, um, bought him as a slave, Portipa. Portipa. Porti Portipa's wife accused him of rape. So he was thrown in prison. He was there for about 10 years. Now, if you've been through all of those things, how would you be by the end? Would you be, oh yeah, I'm happy and this is happening. Oh yeah, this, I'm really welcoming this. This is really good. I don't know about you, but my goodness, I would be feeling quite low. But because Joseph knew he had his dream and he was looking to God. Every step of the way he was favored. When he was in prison, he was favored there as well. James 1, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, 
and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be more mature, so that, so, sorry, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This was Joseph walking with God. His faith was tested, but he came through to the other side, not lacking anything. In order for us to come to God's perfect timing, there are bridges we need to cross. There are seas we need to swim across. Now, how are we going to get across those? Sometimes we don't want to get across them. Sometimes we just want to jump across and not having to go through them. But what we have to realize is that in order for us to get to that place, God has to refine us. And I'll be speaking about that later on. Joseph could have chosen not to trust God from day one because to start off with, he was sold off. He spoke to his brother about his, spoke to them about his dream and they weren't happy. They sold him off as a slave because they were jealous. So he could have started off from then not trusting in God. And sometimes that's what we find ourselves in when at the first hurdle, we see challenges and, and you know, sometimes the challenges, they're hard. And we just start doubting, you know, Lord, is this what you want to happen? How am I supposed to get to the end when this is what I'm going through? But we just have to keep, stay faithful. Regardless of the consequences, just stay faithful because we know we are going to get to his perfect timing. We need to be looking at the spiritual benefits that we're getting as we're going through those challenges. The spiritual benefits that we're receiving, the preparation we're going through to be able to handle what's on the other side, the refinement we're going through to be able to deal with what's there. That's what we need to be focusing on and that's where the Holy Spirit comes and he's helping us as we're partnering with the Holy Spirit. We're walking with the Holy Spirit, listening to what he has to say. We will get through to the other side. As I said, when we lean on our own understanding, we see the consequences of that. And at times, as I said, we don't always see the consequences until later on. In the story of um, Abraham and Sarah, they couldn't conceive. Sarah concocted a plan. This is not going right. Look at me, I'm an old woman now. She concocted a plan. Her husband agreed with it. We see this in Genesis 16, verse 1 to 4. That's Genesis chapter 16, and it's verse 1 to 4. Let me read. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, 
The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai, Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan, 10 years, Sarai, his, his wife, took an Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her, gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Sarah didn't wait to see God's promises fulfilled. She concocted her own plan beforehand and that wasn't God's way. That was the pagan custom that they did have which she went and um, which she went and um, did, but that was not God's plan, because in Genesis twelve verse chapter twelve verse two, God has already told Abraham that I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And that child was supposed to have come from his wife, Sarah, and himself, not from a slave girl, one of the servants, Hagar. And we see the consequences of that later on. Sarah did not do things the way God intended. And at times, that's how we do things. We see that things are not happening. You know, God has spoken to us about something or we want something to happen and it's according to God's will because in 1 John chapter 15 um, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 to 15 the scripture tells us that this is the confidence that we have in approaching him according to his will that if we know that he hears us what we've asked of him we know that we shall receive it so there's certain things that we know that are God's will for us. We just need to wait. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Show us his blueprint as to how we should go for it. Sometimes they take time. I'm sure as I'm speaking, there are things that are on some of our hearts that we're thinking that it's been a while. But I encourage you to continue to hold on. To continue to hold on for God hears. He hears as he sees. It's just a matter of timing. We may not know the reason why there is a delay. Sometimes we do know the reason why there is a delay. But it's just about walking with him, allowing him to do his thing so that his perfect timing can come to play. Through God's perfect timing, we can learn lessons. And through those lessons, we are able to, we are spiritually enriched to do the things that he wants us to do. How can we bring about God's perfect timing? Psalms 46, 10, as I read before, said, be still and know that I am God. Being still before him, being patient, being obedient, 
and allowing the Holy Spirit to govern our movements. We learn obedience through prayer, through reading his word, spending time with him. Up till this day, I still get things wrong. It's one of those things that we have to keep learning. And if, every time you learn, you move on to the next level. No man is perfect. We all get things wrong. But it's just knowing when we get things wrong and just going before his throne of grace to receive mercy and help. <clears throat> God's perfect timing is paramount above our own plans and our own timing. His, ti his timing is the best and we need to know that because he is omniscient. He is an all-knowing God. So who better to look to for his timing to come across? We're mere mortals. <coughs> We're absolute mere mortals. So we need to look to him for his timing. And there are some lessons that I've got here that we can learn from his timing. The first lesson is God has a timetable for everything that happens. In Galatians um, chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, and this is the NLT verse, um, version, that's Galatians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. It reads, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were all children. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual, spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son when the right time came. His perfect timing is there. God sent his son. It's always a perfect timing. The perfect time, Jesus came to save us. In Genesis chapter 1, God, we see that God created the earth in six days. Each day had its own agenda. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can you imagine if God just said, okay, you know, I'm not, I don't really have a plan. I'm just going to do things anyhow. But that's not a God we serve. God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. He has an agenda and a timetable for everything. So when his timing doesn't come at the right time, it's for a reason. It is for a reason, because he has a timetable. As we work and operate under the um, guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help us to have order and timetable things ourselves so that we can get closer to his perfect timing. Number two of lessons learned from God's perfect timing is God, God does not tell us the details in advance. Doesn't always tell us the details in advance. He really doesn't. We see um, an example of this in Acts chapter one, verse seven. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So that's Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates of the father, the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. So I'll read that again. It is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When God gives us a burden or we have a prayer request, we don't always have the details. We just have to look to him. Sometimes it's on a daily basis. Sometimes it's on a seasonal basis that we get a bit of or a snippet of what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to do it. The disciples were concerned um, with the times and the dates of Jesus' return and not focusing on the immediate, as opposed to being focusing on the immediate plans. So Jesus has to tell them, no, it's not for you to be bothered with that. You just need to look to receiving the power when the Holy Spirit come so that you can be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem and Samaria. You can go and witness to people. That's what you need to concern yourself with. The end result, that's not for you to know now. When we have, when God has given us plans, sometimes he tells us, okay, this is what I want you to do. Okay, Lord, oh, what else do I need to do? In due season, he gives, us the, he gives us slowly what we need to do and how we need to do it. And, some, and that's where we need to um, really um, look to him for patience because we get a bit um, impatient at times because we want to know, because sometimes I'm one of those people, I'm quite structured and I like things, I, I, I like to know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it but I need to learn patience. I need to learn patience. When Angel Gabriel spoke to Mary that she was going to have um, a son, he didn't give her much details as to how Jesus should be raised up and um, what they should do. There wasn't really much details because the reason I say this, when we look at Luke 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 48 to 49, I'll read what it says. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. This is Jesus. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, if Angel Gabriel had told them that, okay, at this age, I think Jesus was about 11 or 12 at that time, um, this is what you're going to see certain characteristics in this boy because he's the son of God, yeah? They would know what to expect, you know, and this is what you're going to see. When they saw that, 
when this situation happened, they wouldn't have questioned him. And even at the same time when Jesus said to them, do you not know that I was after my father's business? Scripture says they didn't understand what he was talking about. We don't always get the full details, but we just need to look to God, work with the Holy Spirit to help us. Point three of lessons to learn from God's perfect timing. God is never in a hurry and he's never late. This is another one that needs a bit of patience. We live in such a fast-paced society. We want things done like that. Quick, quick, quick. Our patience, our impatience for things is quite a bit. And we really need to make sure that we're looking to him to help, you know, just to keep us down, just to help us to be patient. When we wait on God, we're able to be filled with his peace and be led by his direction. Two Peter chapter three, verse eight. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. God can make things happen very quickly for us because he is God. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He is God. He can make things happen just like that. So his timing is never late. Neither is it too early. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, we're encouraged <coughs> to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Give thanks. We don't see things happening on time. Give thanks because we don't know what is going on. We don't know what is causing that delay. So just give thanks. And just await his perfect timing. What's the vision God has given you? Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 3. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of an end and it will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. It will certainly come and it will not delay. Write your visions, your plans down so that a herald may run with it. For your visions, your plans, your prayer requests, they have an appointed time. Be assured of that. They have an appointed time. Not our appointed time, not my appointed time, God's appointed time. It speaks of an end. It will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. This is where we need to be patient. Wait for it. Do not allow frustration to get in. Do not allow the, the rants of the enemy to frustrate us. Wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. 
God is never in a hurry and he's never late. Trust his time, not our times. The fourth lesson to learn from God's perfect timing is God's timing is not always convenient for us. Certainly not. I certainly have been um, privy to this. When God wants you to do something at a certain time, oh Lord, uh, can I not do it so-and-so time? God wants you to go and pray, oh Lord, now I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Never convenient for us. When Joseph and Mary were having um, Jesus, it wasn't a convenient time for them to travel back to their hometown to go and do the census, as was being asked at that time. We see this in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for baby to be born. Is that an accident? No. God doesn't make um, do accidents. That's what he wanted. People could look at that, oh goodness, that's an inconvenience. To us at times when God speaks, he's saying it's an inconvenience. But to him, it's the right timing for things to be done. Who should know best? Us or God? Are we, are we going to go by how we feel or what we're doing at the time that we can't do the things that the Lord is asking us? He knows best. For his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways as we see in Isaiah 55. The last point I'm going to look at um, before I close is concerning um, the lessons learned is point number five. God can do anything instantly at the right time. Isaiah 60, um, verse 22. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. God can do anything instantly for us. the things that we're asking him for, the things that we're waiting on, on him for, they can be done instantly. Those prayer requests that we keep knocking on heaven's doors, knock, 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 waiting to be answered, waiting for heaven's doors to be open. They have an appointed time. Though it tarries, wait for it.
It's about looking to him and waiting on him and relying upon him. Allowing him to speak to us. Allowing our, our spirits to hear what he's saying, how he wants it done. And making sure that we're being obedient to the things that he's calling us to do. His perfect time, whilst we're waiting for it, sometimes we have to go via waiting room. I'm sure we've all been at some point, you know, where we've been or we are in that waiting room. And that waiting room speaks of preparation, a place of building, a place of gathering, a place of battle, a place of refinement, a place of reflection. There are certain things that we need to do in that waiting room that will help us to draw closer to the things that we want him to do. If we're waiting for graduation in that waiting room, we need to follow certain criteria. And, the, and we all have our own individual criteria that God has for us. Some people are waiting to get married. They're in the waiting room for that. Some people are waiting to have children. They're in the waiting room for that. Some people are waiting um, to start a business. They're in the waiting room for that. Some people are waiting for their healing. They're in the waiting room for that. Your finances to increase, they're in the waiting room for that. Their ministry to grow, they're in the waiting room for that. There are different things we're in the waiting room for. And whilst we're in the waiting room, we need to make sure that we're learning lessons whilst we're in the waiting room. We cannot be accelerated or moved up to the next level if we haven't learned lessons. And that's what the waiting room is for. There are different steps you need to take. I, I know that growing up in Sierra Leone, um, and I know this generally happens in Africa and some other European countries um, as well, certainly doesn't happen here. But when you're at school, you need, you have end of year exams. So you, that takes place at the end of the year. If you do not pass those exams, you are not moving up to the next class. You are staying where you're at. And there are times you see, say for example, it's secondary school. You're in year seven, which is 11 years old, 11 to 12 years old that are there. You will see maybe 14 to 15 year olds in there because they haven't passed. And that's the same thing for the waiting room. The lessons that God is, the tests, the lessons that he's bringing our way, if we are not passing those tests, we're not moving up. And you'll find that we'll be going round and round. And sometimes we don't even realize we're going round and round. We're getting frustrated, not actually seeking God why we're going round and round. But we need to get to that place of, Lord, what's happening here? What do I need to do? What do I need to learn? God cannot propel us to the next level 
because we're not going to understand. It's the same with when you're in school, like I said, in Africa. Why move you up when you don't have understanding of what, you, what you're learning? The un, you're lacking the understanding. And it's the same in God's waiting room. You're lacking the understanding. So when the bigger things come, the timing comes to give you what it, his um, plans that he's promised you, the understanding is not there. So there will be holes. So it's key when we're in the waiting room, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us and we're actually listening to what he's saying. Whilst we're in the waiting room, our, our, our faith is tested. Our character is being built. And we're developing patience. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it, um, it says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We're encouraged to believe in the issue, the, the plans, the visions that are in front of us, that we're bringing before the Lord. We're encouraged to believe in them. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So as we continue to build our faith, we're able to believe in the things that God wants for us. Also, with our character, building our character as well. Whilst we're in the waiting room, our characters have been built up. We're laying foundations in our character. In Luke 6, 46 to 49, I'm going to finish. I'm going to read the scripture and I'm going to finish, guys. In Luke 6, 46 to 49, we, 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 we see, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, it is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Foundation is needed. Building our character has to be based on God's word. His word is what's going to shape us as we see in Luke. The Bible encourages us to be integrous in our character. And that is what we need to aim to do. Thank you, Jesus. I really encourage us this morning to really wait for his timing because his perfect timing, there is nothing like it. If we're in that waiting room and just look to him, seek him, Lord, what is the issue? What do you want me to learn? What is it that I need to do? 
identify that you are in that waiting room and seek him to learn those lessons so that you can go excel to the next level. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray over us and then I will hand over to Ozzy. Father, Lord, I just really want to thank you. Thank you, Father God, for your word. Thank you, Father God, for the hearts that it's fallen on. Thank you, Father God, that we can take away your word, Father God. Not just be hearers of it, but be doers of um, what we've heard, oh God. Applying it to our lives, Father God. Helping us, oh God, to be patient, to be obedient, Father God. To see your plans unfold in us, in our lives. Father God, we thank you, oh God. Help us, Father God. Help us to trust in you with all our heart, leaning not to our own understanding. Help us, Father God, to look to you, oh God, to allow your Holy Spirit to minister to us. Help us, Father God, not to go ahead and do things in our own ways. Help us, Father God, to hear you as you're speaking, to work with you, oh God. Father God, we thank you. Let your word, Father God, minister to us, oh God. Let your word help us to build our characters. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.